Welcome to Bucket Stop Blog, where I ask everyone the same question and record the conversation. The question is, let's talk about your perfect day, however you interpret the word perfect. Write down everything you want to do, then take a step back and split your perfect 24 hours into four buckets or priorities. Don't think about money, reality, or logic. Make it as perfect as you want. Don't think of it as your last 24 hours either. Think of it as the same 24 hours you'd live again and again to experience a full life of happiness and fulfillment. Today's episode is with a conversation that I had with one of my really good friends, Jacob. Jacob is a guy I know from my very first consulting job, which was at this place I I knew I didn't belong, but for some reason I tried really hard to stay. The management team took a chance on me knowing that I probably wasn't a good fit for them, but we'll give it a shot, right? And so we parted ways, and it wasn't definitely by my doing. What's unique about the scenario is that they didn't fire me because I was lazy or I was unfocused. They fired me because no matter how hard I tried to learn, to grow, to to just catch up to the rest of the industry, I just wasn't worth their time and their effort. Understandably so, I guess. I burned through a lot of self-esteem, and I drowned in self-doubt thinking I could be no good to anyone. Only after I got fired did I seek out my strengths and weaknesses. I realized my strengths may not have been valuable to the to that specific company, but I should never have neglected the value I could bring to the rest of the world. This occurrence kick-started my pursuit of self-improvement and happiness. Then there was Jacob. Jacob was one of those guys there, the, one of those individuals who believed in me when they didn't try enough, right? And... As I struggled, he struggled with me along the way. For that, I am forever grateful. We've talked in depth through many things quite frequently in recent years, but this specific conversation drove me to the following life lessons. Lessons you can also benefit from in your career, your personal growth, and the future to come. I hope these words bless your life as they have mine. Thanks again. Dive into that that first one before I rudely interrupted you. What my perfect day would look like? Yeah, I would still be building a business, uh, which is what I I'm building a career now. It'd be nice if I was building my own business. Whether or not that business involves my current career, I don't know. Hmm. It'd be ideal if I traveled more regularly, both for work and not for work. Felt like I was on more and more adventures. That would be ideal. It'd be great if I could. Spend time outdoors, preferably under some type of workout or physical activity. It'd be nice if I could spend time with my wife every day, interacting with people, ideally friends, but if not friends, actually interacting with people. And not a large amount, but definitely just in a small amount each day. I put you at five. Um, five, nothing wrong with five, but I try to narrow it down to four. Okay. And this, it might be a little bit, it might be easy for you, it might be hard for you, but for some people it might be hard to narrow down just one more because you have to, obviously one has to go, but then you then you really have to decide which one is more important than the other. So out of the five, out of building that career, the business, or... or it would be the last one. It would be the last one. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. 100%. Oh, that would be great. No, I mean, I, I... But I also think that last one will come hand in hand with building the business. Agreed. Yeah. So let's let's dive into that first one. What what caught my attention was there's a difference between a career and a business, and and I'd like to hear your perspective on what the difference is. If I'm building a business, I'm working for myself. If I'm building a career, I could be working for someone else. So for me, I could be building a business and be building a career. Whereas if I'm just building a career, I'm, I'm 
likely working for somebody else. Okay. So, why why is that? Why do you want to work for yourself? My initial gut reaction is so that I feel like I can reward myself for what I feel like I deserve. But I think the the root answer is working for myself will allow me to do all the things that I want to do compared to battle not battling but being under underneath someone else's umbrella. So it kind of gives you a little bit more sense of control. Or is control not the right word? Control makes it sound like there's a negative connotation. I would say guidance. Guidance. So now I have to ask. So it, when you are put in a position where where you own your own business and you call your own shots, uh, you will seek less guidance from others. Is that safe to say? Or is it you won't be forced to, 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 re, to receive guidance if you were in a career versus a business? I won't be forced to... I think it would be silly to, to not reach out for guidance from others but at the end of the day the responsibility would fall on my shoulders hmm. okay oh so those are kind of a key word there responsibility so no more most people who decide that they want to start a business <clears throat> i shouldn't say most people i should say a lot of people who want to start a business don't realize the level of responsibility that they now have if they knew up front the level of responsibility that they had for starting that business I would like to think that they would change their mind because with responsibilities is liabilities and with liabilities is money and, and repercussions. For you, when you think of starting a business, you are it seems like that's the first thing you think of is responsibility. And so does the fear that liability, consequence, repercussions ever deter you from not starting a business? Not wanting to start a business? No, the fear of failure. Fear of failure, yes. Yeah. 100% as most people feel the fear of not being successful the fear of being wrong um, the embarrassment that, would, that, I, that I would feel from that whether justified or not is what is keeping me from doing it so then let's kind of dive into that real quick the, the fear of failure most some people have different definitions of feel, failure just like some people have definitions of, of success differently right so in this case, what is failure to you? Uh, well, I mean, if, if I were to basically quit my current career path and start a business, if failure would be ultimately having to revert back. If I got to a point where I wasn't successful enough, you know, I got in the hole financially or wasn't just wasn't producing the results that I desired and couldn't figure out a way to do it, and I had to result back, resort back to working for someone else and following that career path, that would constitute failure. I'm glad you touched on that because that's what I think about all the time. I think about if I do something now <coughs> to start my own thing and then having to go back to a plan B, which is my original career, then I, at first I would, I would assume that that would be a failure. But then I thought a lot, long and hard about it and it was... So I told my wife this, that if for whatever reason I take six months and I don't succeed, quote-unquote, then I'll go back to plan B, which is the, the original job. But the amount, when I saw this as a success now, the amount of success that I would gain between that six months would be all the experiences, all the risks that I took, all the lessons learned that I took would be so much more in that six months than in the past six years. So then it kind of flips the script like this was a failure, quote unquote. Now it's actually a success. Do you ever see yourself kind of kind of viewing things in that in that light where so what you have to go back to your original job 
and call yourself or, or call that moment a failure if you flip the script and say it was actually a success would that would that kind of give you more reason to take bigger leaps so basically what you're what i'm hearing is if you can find a way to dissolve the ego a bit to convince you to take the, the risk i like that i mean i wasn't saying that but i, I don't see why i wouldn't agree with, disagree with that yeah dissolving the ego right. and the sense of pride yeah. I mean, it has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I agree with you. So, yeah, so, so I am saying that. Would that kind of give you more reasoning to take a bigger leap? I think so. Hmm. So, obviously, it's hard to dissolve an ego. I would assume so. I yeah. I clearly am not good at doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you... I can't tell you that I... I know I have an ego, but I know... It's kind of like... Oh, I know, I know what I'm trying to say here. I know what my strengths are, and I know what my weaknesses are. And I'm very... <laughs> in tune with what my weaknesses are so because i'm so focused on what they are it doesn't allow me to have an ego if that makes sense it allows me a, a bigger sense of humility so that my ego doesn't take over just like knowing that when i take this leap to quit my job and, and dive into something I, I am well aware of my weaknesses and how much they can affect the outcome and so uh, because i focus more on that without fear it actually allows me to um have greater focus on what I can do to improve and, and set myself up for success before having the fear of failure, if, if that makes any sense at all. So how did you, have you always been that way? Or? No, no, I have not always been that so way. So what, what were some of the steps that helped you to erode away at the ego over time? Um, I assume it wasn't one thing. It wasn't, no. It was more of being reactive, right? Uh, so like children. I had children. And I didn't. I never thought I would be mentally prepared to have children. I, I wasn't. I'm not very um, stable. Is not the word, but financially prepared to have children. But as you as you are thrown into the trenches, you adapt. And as you adapt, you 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 begin to realize that if I just keep moving, and also be aware of my situational awareness and surroundings, then I will do better as the days go on. The first what were we two years now the first two years still still feel like some sort of failure like I could be doing so many things so much better but because I just keep moving those two years now go into four years and now I've made it to the four-year-old age and uh, I am definitely a better father than I was two years ago but I am not more prepared than I was um, bef before I had the child and then after I had the child so I'm using that as an example. So I, I, I kind of try to like, not persuade people, but always think about like, if you really just dive into it, more than likely your body and your mind are gonna adapt to it. And as long as you are open-minded and aware, and that's part of you know putting that ego aside, then your chances of success are a little bit higher. I mean, you probably won't be successful yet, or it's not guaranteed, but your chances of being successful are so much higher. Right. And that's that's when my approach changes is, is, is specifically children, but also working out. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know exactly what my max lifts are, but for some reason, I agree to do all these other workouts that are way past my max lifts. Right. And some days are extremely terrible, and that was a really bad idea. But some days are just uh, an accomplishment because I did three more lifts had I never done that workout. So I just take it as it comes. I agree. Like. What, you know, working out is a great way to erode at that ego some. Like when I first started CrossFit, I wasn't strong in any way, shape, or form. I would be scared of the workouts, not because of what they were going to do to me, but maybe even more so for 
what my performance might look like, um, which is and at, which is a silly way to think, but the more that I would subject myself to those more challenging workouts or those heavier weights or you know, longer outings, I found it more okay to get my ass kicked. You know, more okay to try something hard knowing that it probably wasn't going to work out in my favor and I wouldn't finish first, I might finish last type situation. And that definitely assisted in that, in that arena. Um, in the work arena, in my career arena, I, there's times where I've taken risk and knowing that there's chances of failure and have been successful. I currently have one ongoing that's not very successful. Um, I, I don't see the reward for taking that risk just yet, but we'll see. So that is an arena where I, I need to erode up the ego more so that I can position myself to feel comfortable to take that jump that, that I need to do. Yeah, and we keep using the word jump and leap, and in no way am I trying to get you to to, to quit your job or, or dive into some sort of self-created business. But what I am trying to say is, if there is a way to make you happier, then let's work towards that. And right. that's always been, that's a personal goal to me is to make myself happier, just like I want to make everybody else around me happier. And for me, if that means I have to take a leap to push myself further to happiness, I'm going to do it. And, and, um, but I, I do remember this conversation that I was having with my brother and it was working out is definitely a way to challenge yourself and get challenging yourself to get better at taking risks and coming out, um, far greater than going in. But when he asked me like, how do I feel about, how do I feel about risk? And I told him that my perfect day would be to purposely dive into situations where I don't know the constraints, I don't know the limitations, I don't know the rules or or risks, but I want to have the confidence to be able to just dive into it and keep going. Whereas now, like a typical day is, I know exactly what my workouts will look like. If I sign up for an event, I know exactly what those elevation plots are going to look like. And so it's almost planned all the time, even though I know it's always going to be hard. And so when I bring up uh, that, it's because when you mention workouts, it's like, yes, you're putting yourself in situations that, that force you to change, but also there's benefit in putting yourself in situations where you have no idea what you're putting yourself into. You can't really do that in a workout unless someone programs for you or, or you just, you know, hit random on your, on your wad calendars. But I find great benefit in doing that. Same thing with work. Like, there were times in, in, in my work where I purposely tried to put myself in situations where I have no idea how this is going to turn out. And usually that meant, like, I'll sign up for going into some sort of meeting where I don't know the scope and fee and all that stuff, just so that I can adapt as quickly as possible and be prepared for this meeting, um, or even be receptive within the meeting so that I don't, don't just look like a dumbass, right? Sometimes it worked. And sometimes I feel like that, those type of experiences that I purposely sign myself up for allow me to be a little bit more brave in this scenario right now where I'm going to take a leap into the unknown. So that's just my perspective and, and, and just piece of, pieces of conversation that I had with uh, other people. I don't know. I mean, you, you, you're not encouraging me to quit my job and start a business, but I want that encouragement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, it will happen. Yeah. I don't know when, but it will happen. Then there was a second bucket, which was um, adventures. And I really like this bucket because um, you are the third person out of 24 people to mention this bucket as adventures and, and kind of... That's a sad ratio. Right? Right, yeah. 
And <clears throat> I just kind of want to hear your perspective on that. Like twelve percent, yeah, value adventures. Eighty-eight percent don't value adventure. Outdoor adventures. Yep. Um, I so talk about like going into unknowns. I'm I love traveling alone. Put me on a plane, send me somewhere. Minimal plans. That is exhilarating because there are you know there there's a bajillion variables. I love traveling in, in areas where I don't necessarily speak language. I love it more when I somewhat speak the language. Like I love going to countries where I can speak Spanish and work on that. Uh, I'm not great, but I'm trying to be. But I also, and I do some outdoor, outdoor adventures, like hunting or fishing or whatever, but I, I want to ramp those up because they're not boring, but they're not challenging enough. They're not rewarding enough. So like this week I went hunting with my dad, um, sat in a deer blind, saw some deer, you know, a deer came across, a buck came across, pulled my rifle out, shot him at 120 yards, threw a bunch of trees, next shot, tough, difficult shot, dropped him. That was a lot of fun. Like, adrenaline was pumping. Um, it was very exciting for a very short, brief window. But nothing about that was, like, physically challenged. Um, I didn't break a sweat at any point. I didn't do something that I didn't think I could do. So some combination of, you know, traveling to see other cultures, but also doing something that's physically grueling would be great. You know, when I see these guys doing these long hunts where they hike in and hike out and they carry a bow only, so you have to get really close. So it's mentally challenging and physically challenging. And then shoot an animal like an elk where they have to carry out a quarter of the animal at a time. So they end up doing that hike at least six times just to get all the meat out. How much more rewarding would it be when you got that final piece of meat to the truck? That would be wild. So that's something that, like, I would like to be spending more time building myself to get to that and doing that more frequently so i got a question when, when you talk about traveling uh not knowing obviously you don't know how the results are going to turn out you don't know if the plane is going to get turned around you don't know if shit the plane's going to crash anything like that obviously and i said traveling not vacationing so my question is how much effort goes into planning before you step foot on the plane or step foot in your jeep to go uh, on your trip to hike? Um, usually just enough. Okay. Definitely not one that will have it overplanned. Okay. I will not have an hour by hour itinerary. Okay. Um, I might have a list of potential places to go see when I'm there or go check this out. But I'm usually going to, like, if I'm just, if I'm traveling to another city this past J- July, I, sp- I had a layover in San Fran, and I made sure that the layover was like 15 hours, so that I could leave, do whatever I wanted to do in San Fran, and get back. Really had no plans for what I was going to do, but I knew I wanted to do. Want to go play disc golf? I wanted to uh, see the Golden Gate Bridge. Maybe grab a couple beers. I ended up like walking like 10 miles that day. Played around disc golf at at the uh, park, Golden Gate Park, with some guys. Ended up being a great deal, and then walked. Like six miles, get to the Golden Gate Bridge, saw that, and went to a brewery. Ended up having just a great day, but it just didn't didn't take an Uber to make it easy. Like I spent a lot of time walking. It was just it wasn't challenging, but I was mentally alert all day long, just as to what was going on. And that was a much more fun day than if I look. I'm gonna lay over to San Fran. I'm gonna take an Uber to this place. I'm gonna do that. Take an Uber here and do that. Had it all planned out. That wouldn't have been nearly as much fun. There was some some essence of the unknown. Like, am I walking the right way to get to the Golden Gate Bridge? How much further is it? Am I going to be able to get back to the airport in time? And I know those are like just very minor things, but it was, it was fun. We don't do that. So the, the, if I can plan just enough 
that's kind of that key threshold. If it's overplanned, it's not doing as much money. Okay. So I had an objective for asking that question. And the objective was now put yourself back into your office and you just started, you just logged into your your email and your agendas. I, I would like to think that your agenda for the day is planned out to the T. You know where your minutes are going. Uh, that, that sense of just enough does not exist in this office. In this office, it's, act, it's the opposite. Is that safe to say? My, the way that I would like for my day to go, yes. That would be great. Because mm-hmm. then I could do what I need to get done the way I want to do it. The way that my typical day is, though, is the polar opposite. I might have meetings, I might have X, Y, Z that I need to get done, but there's countless variables that pop up throughout the day that I can't plan for. And where I struggle is when I let that impact me. You know? Some of my young engineers need some help. They pop in my office, ask a bunch of questions. I realized something went wrong in construction or we did something poorly in design or I got an email or a call from a client. And those are things I can't plan for. The downside is that it takes away minutes from what I was supposed to get done that day that I had planned. So here's where I'm curious. When you're outside of work, you actually kind of long for that. Yep. But when you're inside of work, it stresses, it, I don't know if it stresses you out or, or, or brings negativity to you. But why are they different? That's a great question. And that's something that Stacy and I have talked at ad nauseum. Outside of the office, I am 100% cool with minimal plans, winging it. Inside the office, I'm not okay with winging it. I'm really only okay with structure. Outside the office, I'm cool with no structure. And for her, it's opposite. When she's with her career and her job, she's cool with it being whatever has to happen, get it done, fight the fires, Whatever. Outside of work, she has to have a plan at all times to X, Y, Z. Has to be all figured out, and we're polar opposites in that way. It's very interesting. I don't have an answer for that, why that is the case. I wish I could be more structured in some ways outside of work. So let me just kind of brainstorm theories here. You have a paycheck tied to the stuff you do at work. When you are out and about, you're not worried about a paycheck. I would say that's probably a very high value indicator as to the issue or the, the causation right so the the amount of structure and and output you put out or output you put out the amount of stuff that you put out inside work is directly related to the paycheck so if you screw up here paycheck probably will go away yeah. or down sure so in your wife your stacy's case is it the same scenario if if i don't do shit in work does that affect my paycheck? Yeah, I mean, she's even more so for her. Okay, she's commission based, so yeah. But so my theory went out the window. No, well, I guess you, you're going to help me be able to explain it more. So I put a high value on my paycheck and my work. Okay, she doesn't. She looks at it as if she could always get that paycheck, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it's not nearly as valuable to her. Her time outside of work is way more valuable. She gets more done in 30 hours because she values spending more time doing her, her personal stuff. Uh, and that was one of the things I, when I first met her that I noticed that was different. We were, we were drinking wine one night and we were talking about goals and she's like, tell me your, tell, tell me your five-year goals. And I had no goals that, had, that, that were anything unrelated to work. Everything was related to work and career. And she was like, you don't have any goals outside of work? No. And it was sad. That's kind of what we talked about at the beginning. Like, how do I identify myself? And she has, like, she has some career goals, but they're, on her list of goals, they're way short. Which, and that's just, it's, 
I think that plays into it. But I, I have to follow up with why. Why would you? Why do you put more value into this block of time in work versus this block of time outside of work? But because and the reason why I said it because I'm using the words that I remember you using is, you know, when you have that sense of sweat, right? Being able to be in the adventure state and having to put out sweat and and achieve this last piece of meat on that sixth hike. Like that gave you a sense of accomplishment and, and, and a sense of joy. And then you kind of come back to work. Now it's like more so of everything in your mind, everything has to just come together and you don't have that sense of, of freedom like you did with that piece of meat. Yet this over here is such a big driving force on the joy. You're probably just as confused as I am whenever we kind of jump back and forth like that. But, but I, I just, I'm trying to figure out the why, the root. I don't know for certain. But I can, and everything I'm about to say is, it might be causation, but it's definitely not justification. Um, you know, both my parents have basically been making the same salary since they started their jobs, since out of school, more or less. So they've always worked hard and had to work like a lot. Um, I mean, think now, like I, I, my salary is what they both make. And so growing up in that family, it was always like work is incredibly important because that paycheck is very valued. Without it, we have nothing. And so both of them always respected their jobs with the highest regard and that paycheck was incredibly valued and that was a focus. And financial freedom was not anything that was ever even on the table. Still isn't for them to this day. And I'm definitely, I, I see that in me and sometimes it makes me very sick that I'm chasing that when in reality I know what I know now and you know things I hear from other people and what I can see and what I could probably do with some of the skill sets I have if I took some of that time and energy put it outside of work and put it into something else, what I could achieve would probably get me closer to that ultimate goal of financial freedom that my parents so longed for, but yet I'm still chasing it the same way they always did. That's the only thing, because I've spent a lot of time thinking about it, and Stacy's challenged me a lot thinking about it. They've always worked for the man, and the man always held the paycheck. Whatever so, they had to do to get that paycheck to provide for the family was, was their number one goal. Yeah, but do you, do you see light at the end of the tunnel? Pay off all your bills, pay off your mortgage, no bills, no debt, and you're going to work less. You're going to be less influenced by work at this point in time. Do you actually see that happening? No, I mean, not if I... I don't see it happening unless I start to value those other buckets. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I mean, I really do... When I can look at it, when I can pull myself out of the weeds and look at it, if I spent more time in those other buckets and quit valuing my work as much, if I quit devoting a certain amount of hours, I would get better at working 30 hours and probably get the same output out of that work. But I'd be spending more time in those other buckets, making me more joyful, more fit, um, working on a side project, building that business on the side. Those things would lead to me being more financially free at a faster rate. But all the while, I wouldn't have lost all those other buckets along the way. Mm. And so I, I can see that when I, when I, you know, looking down 10,000 feet, but on a day to day, if given the choice, what's more important, get this done because the deadline is due or whatever for this project or whatever the hell, or make sure that I plan a date with my wife or spend a few hours with my buddy working on the side project, I'm always going to choose work, mm -hmm. sending that email, staying up late to prep for that meeting the next day. When in reality, I could probably not do that, spend that time in these other buckets and be just as successful. I just, I don't always see it that way. I feel like I spend all my mental energy, my decision-making energy, you know, my sharpest hours of the day working for the man. And that's one of the reasons I would love to be working for myself because then I know I'm waking up in the morning, I'm spending my creative hours building something that will benefit me the most or my family the most. But instead, I'm 
either working at the guy's office or working at my own home on his stuff, getting a incredibly small percentage of the benefits I reap for him. And that is so frustrating because I'm losing track of the other four buckets while I work for someone that I'm not getting the full benefits of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm trying to think of ways that I can um, empathize with. And one that immediately comes to mind is uh, when you bring up your parents. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I've had this discussion with previous people too, and it's your parents worked X amount of time to pay the to to work for the man to pay off their bills, and they didn't grow as quickly as maybe they should have, right? Whenever I think of that, my parents did the same thing. Steph's parents did the same thing. They worked a lot in order to pay the bills and set up for the future. In my mind, in my mind personally, I don't look at what they try to do with their money. In my mind, I see what they fail to do with their time. And so that's been the driving force for me is I have two kids right now. And if I'm going to put in 80 hours a week, I can do that. But it has to be for good reason if it's going to separate me from them. Because when they grow up, all they're going to remember is my dad and par- my, my parents who worked so much to p- provide for us. Mm-hmm. Versus here's all the things they missed because they, they weren't around. And so that's all, that's the constant thought in my pro, in my in my mind is, I would sacrifice that money to get this time. I don't know. And I'm not going to say kids are going to change that for you, but I'm I am saying that there is this seesaw between time and money. Unless it unless it goes beyond that. I mean, unless it really goes beyond the the work ethic that you take pride in, or the achievements that you have, or the sense of being uh, recognized by someone else. Like those are underlying things that some other people have mentioned. If it's just money and trying to reach financial freedom versus time, that that's where you really need to figure out if, if this is the true battle. If there's all these underlying things, then it's that's a whole nother discussion. But if you have a really strong degree that this, or a strong um, distinction that this really is between time and money and that you know um, you've kind of put more time in this bucket for money versus time, then obviously you need to reallocate. But if you have no idea that this is actually the problem, then the root is a lot deeper than, than what we're saying it is. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, if you took money away, I wouldn't be doing engineering in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, okay. I'm, do I enjoy going in and, and being having a successful project or a meeting and people saying, hey, you did a great job? Or, yeah, that makes me feel great. Or teaching someone how to do something and seeing them execute it, that makes me feel great. Yeah. But remove the paycheck from that, and I wouldn't be there. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm overvaluing the paycheck. Well, I mean, you could also say, if it's really about the paycheck, why not just switch industries and go oil and gas? And then now you pretty much doubled your paycheck. Right. There's, I had an opportunity on the table early this year. Guy called me, offered me a job that would have paid... That would have fixed, would have solved that problem. Mm-hmm. Would have solved the problem for sure, hands down. Mm-hmm. And I turned it down for a few reasons. One, someone that I really well respected said, "Be careful, you're gonna have to make moral decisions that you're probably not gonna enjoy doing." So you kind of knew where I stand on that spectrum. The other reasons was. You wait. I'm sorry. You say more or moral? Moral. Okay. There we go. The other reason is because I, I do feel like I'm on the right trajectory to building long-term success. Not necessarily we're just working for this man, but taking what I'm trying to build while I'm working for the man to flip that into my business. Okay. I do essentially see my business being in this 
realm, in this engineering realm, to which case I'm not writing all this time and effort off as wasted. It, it is very valuable. I'm learning how, how I would want to run my small company and how I would not want to run my small company. Mm-hmm. So there's some value there, but I, the question, I guess the root question is, is it making me as happy as it should? And right now it's not. Well, I mean, that's glass, glass half full, half glass full. Right. Um, the investment of time, right? Really, if it obviously it is about the money, but also there is a, a strategic approach to this, where you are putting time towards this man, but the experience that you're gaining is gonna. It would be totally different if I thought that this. If I knew, like, I don't enjoy what I'm doing in any way, shape, or form. I'm just doing it for the paycheck. That is be be a very much overstatement for what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing all the things that I want to be doing. The engineering, engineering part, I don't really care that much about. But you know, leading a, a group of younger engineers, I care about. Uh, building a department and building some market share, I care about. Having my name associated with high-quality work, I care about. Um, understanding what it takes to build culture for a team and even a, a company, I care about. And right now, I'm getting the opportunity to have my hand in all those type of roles, which is great. Because those are things that I'll be able to take with me when I do start my business. The thing that sucks is that I just don't feel like I'm being valued like I should. And if I own my own business, I would be able to set that value. Uh, there was so earlier we mentioned that there was you feel enjoy joy in traveling alone. So that that one caught my eye too. Why do you find joy in flying alone versus flying with someone else? Well, not necessarily flying, but or I mean traveling or going through these adventures. Because there's, I feel like if you're traveling with someone else, it usually has more of a security blanket. So if you can remove that security blanket, that makes it just a little bit more fun. Well, can you explain that security blanket? So if I was traveling with Stacy, and let's say we were spending a day in San Fran, there wouldn't, there wouldn't have been, you know, taking this this long walk to get to Golden Gate Bridge. It'd be like, well, when are we gonna get there? We gotta get there at a certain time. Then it, it would have just forced us to take an Uber. Or, whatever with a car it would have made things just a little bit more secure uh, which there's nothing wrong with that but that takes away some of the risk which takes away some of the fun for me and when I was in college I did a study abroad in Spain for 10 weeks eight weeks was school and then the final two weeks I just traveled by myself um, so just going to Spain for eight weeks living with a, an elderly lady there and living in her home for eight weeks her making me meals and speaking Spanish for eight weeks and going to School there, yes, I was there with other kids from UT, but there's a lot of time where I was kind of spent roaming around in another country on my own. Um, which is, it's just there's no expectations of you, and so you can do whatever it is you want to do. But at the same time, like you, you, you always have to be switched on because it's a new world. Things are different than what you're used to. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're actually traveling from city to city, you got what you have on your back. Like that's it. So the final two weeks, that's what I did. Exactly, you're switched on at all times. One of the last few days I took a like a night bus from a city to another city where I had to sleep on a bus got to the next city like 3 a.m. slept on a park bench that those are things that like I would never be able to do if I travel with Stacey for the rest of my life like that would just never fall not that I enjoy sleeping on park benches but having that unplanned scope just couldn't do it's just not it's just not safe if you're a female like you just can't do those things right um, and so I totally get and I'm not I'm not saying that it's a bad way for her to think but some of that like just taking basically taking an unnecessary risk is somewhat fun I agree with you 
I, I completely agree with you. But I, I will say, to kind of give you perspective, uh, I remember going to Angel's Landing in Utah with, with Steph and a couple of friends. Steph was about five months pregnant at that time. And so Angel's Landing is just it's just a hiking trip. But there there's areas where like you're literally hanging off the side of a cliff and you have to have these chains to hold on to. And so when you say security blanket, I think I don't feel safer if I was by myself versus she's with me i actually feel i feel more worried for her because she could you know she could easily fall off the side of the cliff or something and so i I don't i don't feel a sense of security when when i'm with her i actually feel the opposite where um, i'm more worried about her life than my own at all times when when she's with me and there's nothing wrong with that but that does induce anxiety yeah that you know that does induce worry if she wasn't there would yeah. you have had any of that taking that trip? No. Well, for myself, yes. But. Yeah. So that your adrenaline would have spiked? If I was by myself? Yeah, a little bit more? No, in less. I think it would be less. Yeah. I think my adrenaline spiked higher when um, when she was next to me because I don't know what she's capable of. Sure. I mean, I have an idea, but, you know, I don't know what accidents could happen. So as far as adrenaline, it's a good one. Is it, as far as adrenaline, my adrenaline's higher when my kids are around me or when my, my wife is with me. Yeah. Um, but I also agree with you that there are opportunities where I just want to do something radical and I can't. Right. Because they're with me. So right. two sides of every coin. Radical necessarily, but like also had no one hindering me from doing if I wanted to do whatever. Yeah. If I wanted to go run with the bulls. Which I did. Yeah. There was literally no one there to say, this is probably not a smart idea. Well, that goes along with the business versus the career. Is you constantly, if you're constantly in a career, someone's always going to tell you not to go run with the bulls. Yep. Yeah, I see it. 100%. That's, that's two buckets. How about this third one, working out? I mean, this one we know very well, but I'd right. like to hear kind of your verbal elaboration on why, why it has to happen in this day. Because if I don't use my excess energy, I waste it. And if I... If that energy goes to waste, I don't feel very good. I don't feel as mentally sharp. My emotions aren't in check as much. There's there's the obvious benefit of being in better physical condition, um, being stronger, being faster, having more aerobic capacity. Those are all great, but for me, it's all it's the the benefits I see when I regularly get after it is all mental clarity. Yeah, emotional clarity. Can you establish that without lifting a bar? Can you do that with? Fucking crossword puzzles and video games? I think I used to, but I don't think I can anymore. Um, because all, all week long, I spend 50 hours a week essentially doing crossword puzzles and yeah. jigsaw puzzles and solving complex problems. I'm getting plenty of that, mental challenges. But what I'm not, I'm not exerting my body. I'm not rushing it with endorphins. I'm not hitting exhaustion. Those things... Yeah, so, I completely agree. Um, and, you know, that can be accomplished on an, a hard hike, right? Mm-hmm. That can be accomplished by a strenuous hunt and carrying heavy stuff. But currently, for the, the choices I make and the things I do, the only way I reach that is in the gym, doing some type of workout, or outside the gym doing some workout. Mm-hmm. So, ideally, like we talk about, you know, how do I best fill my time? If I can start combining working out with being in nature or even some way combining that to some type of business component then that would be even better or tying that into a travel component that would be even better yeah so so picture yourself working out right now in this day this 24 hours are you by yourself 
That's what I thought you'd say. Okay, and what is it? Now I'm curious. What would you be doing? Oh, well, just driving over to your house. I thought about um, doing hang power cleans and reverse lunges. Um, Heavy? Yeah. Or lighter? Heavy as fuck. Yeah. I asked that because I knew I knew that answer is completely different than mine. So working out is definitely one of my buckets, but it's not one big heavy load. It's the opposite. It's like, what can I do for seven hours? Endurance sports, right? Sure. What caught my attention, though, was when I asked you if you were alone. So now I have to ask, why are you alone in this session? I don't know. I don't, I don't mind working in working out with others. I mean, clearly, I, I enjoyed working out with you. I don't mind working out in group sessions. I went to CrossFit classes a lot. But if we talk about like what type of workouts give me that that biggest mental boost, it's doing something stupid by myself. Um, I, I mean, there, I love the the competition factor of working out next to somebody. I think that has a lot of benefits too. But lately, I'd say over the last year or so. Probably since I've been in Austin, I've enjoyed mostly doing it by myself. Then there's the uh, the time with the wife. I'm going to say that this is the first out of the four buckets where you're not alone. And you can definitely disagree with me. But as I listen, when you build a business, you're not really seeking guidance from anybody. So you're probably the boss or the owner. If you're starting the business, you're probably by yourself until you can build it up. I don't know what the perfect day business looks like, but I'm just going to take it from that point. Then when you would dive into the second bucket, you were alone when you were traveling. You dive into the third bucket, you were alone when you were working out. Now we're here, and you're not alone. I want to know the difference between how you feel when you are walking down San Francisco by yourself versus walking down the San Francisco Bridge with your wife. Good question. I think there is, when, when we talk about balance, I think having a healthy balance of security and non-security is crucial. And when I'm with Stacy, I uh, absolutely love being with her. We have had amazing adventures together and being with her makes me feel secure. And I think when her and I are at our stronger moments in our relationship, it's when I have that balance. When we're not at our strongest moment, it's when I'm spending more time being secure than I should. I appreciate you asking that question. That brought some clarity. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to ask you to reiterate because I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I got a little lost. So one more time, just for, for my sake. So being with this. Stacy gives you a sense of security. Yes. In the good moments. No, it gives me a sense of security in all moments. Okay. Most moments. Mm-hmm. Traveling alone, working out alone, building a business is a lot of those we talked about involving risk. Mm-hmm. Doing something that's not super pleasurable. When that balance gets out of sorts, when I'm not actively taking risk at work, when I'm not being adventurous, mm-hmm. when I'm not working out hard, I'm spending most of my time being secure or not spending time being unsecure. That's when our relationship struggles the most. Struggles the most when you are un- insecure. When, when I'm spending most of my time in a secure environment, yeah. Okay. Which you could assume that by spending most of my time in a secure environment, I'm acting in insecure ways. I'm not exuding confidence because I'm not out there taking risks. And um, part of that exuding conf- confidence is part of what attracts her to me. And when I'm not doing that, it leads to some of our less beneficial relationship times okay does that make sense yeah so i'm gonna mirror just make sure i understand this is what i try to do all the time um when you when you are in these other places you are living in the moment of of risk and insecurity when you're outside those moments you are secure but it just so happens to be with your wife who sees 
this security and that wasn't exactly what attracted to you to her to you in the in the first place it was the in the the unknown that that brought her to you right right it's almost as if she prefers this jacob who is in this uncalculated risky spontaneous kind of version versus the one who has everything all together uh in the moments with her now is that does that sound that's yeah that's that's not wrong okay um i would say that uh uncalculated may not be correct okay uh, doing those first three buckets can still be very calculated, but you know it makes me more independent. It, let's say I was spending all my time at work, but doing it in a conservative way and not taking any risk, uh-huh. and spending the rest of the time with her. At no point am I, I'm being conservative in both ways. Um, I'm not being aggressive. I'm being insecure. For me to be very secure in the first bucket would be to say screw it and start my own business and I'd be like yeah I'm confident I'm going for it I might be wrong but I'm taking a risk and I'm going to figure it out and that especially if I was successful or when I'm when I, no especially when I'm going to be successful with it is something that when she, she would look at and be proud of and in awe of and would respect me more for doing that than just working for the man forever I, I see the work aspect of it now I'm trying to picture this so you, you, you're living this perfect day, this perfect 24 hours, your own business, flying by yourself, working out by yourself. Now you're back in reality. Is Stacy going to prefer this guy in the 24 hours, or is he going to prefer the typical? I think when Stacy hangs out with that guy at the end of the day, they're going to have a lot more to talk about. Okay. So now I'm, I'm extra curious. Everything that you described in this 24 hours is the exact opposite of what you're getting in the typical day. You're not flying alone you are working a career you're not working out every day and and correct me if i'm wrong but that that sounds like that's that's the typical versus the the perfect was this perfect ever there before i don't know before you took a deep dive into your career this 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 person that you are in this perfect 24 hours no no i mean there's been moments where some have been higher than others you know college was a huge moment of second bucket which was adventure Mm -hmm. um didn't really get after working out, but didn't really appreciate it the way I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a when I first met Stacy, I was spending an incredible amount of time working out, not necessarily doing the adventuring, but I was working out a lot and I was making moves at work and doing both of those. And then that's when I obviously met her. Over the last year and a half, I have you know, going to a and changing my jobs was you know risky I guess and, and what I'm trying to do at ANS is challenging in, in some ways but she you know like, I don't look at it she doesn't look at it as like I'm really trying to put myself to be a small fish in a big pond like I'm not challenging myself the way I, I should be I'm kind of standing outside of the fire versus getting in it um, I, I've kind of lost sense of some of my independence like I don't have a bunch of things that I'd either do on my own or with a group of buddies mm-hmm. most of what I do does involve her and so that sense of adventure is Lacking. The working out, I'm, I'm going to blame you since you decided to have your second kid. I've kind of fallen off my consistentness. Mm-hmm. I say that jokingly. It's obviously not yeah, yeah. your issue for it. But, uh, for a while there, like I was getting after it. And clearly the, the, the causation was you texting me at 445 saying you're out of the way. But marathon training didn't do it for me. I just, that was... That, I felt like I was at my least fit after the weekend of running 16 miles. Absolutely my least fit. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I lost confidence. I mean, I, I did some things and I worked out kind of irregularly, but I just haven't quite gotten that to where I'm, I have that perfectly balanced. 
and a lot of that is is leading to just me not being me being an dependent to her her to entertain me you know her for my sense of adventure uh, her for pushing me at work and it, it, the balance of those buckets has fallen out of balance obviously yeah i'm with you i um it's this is this is this has been a puzzle because like it's like whenever people tell me about their their perfect day it goes one of two ways one they are describing their perfect day that incorporates a lot of their typical day and there's some minor adjustments the other is their perfect day looks the exact opposite of their typical day and when I look through these, it's like everything's almost exactly like 180. Nothing in the typical day exists in the perfect day. Then then I get confused again because maybe I don't understand anything at all when I hit this fifth bucket, which we took it out. But we go back to interacting with people. So the fifth bucket is interacting with people. And the first three were completely like figure, you know, take that risk yourself. Now, since I threw out the fifth bucket just for conversation's sake, let's put that fifth one back in. Sure. Does that, how does that bring joy to you as opposed to the other first three i thoroughly enjoy going to play disc golf with my buddy Corey. thoroughly enjoy doing a workout with you mm-hmm. uh thoroughly enjoy going to grab a beer with my buddy van that usually takes energy away from me mm-hmm. versus giving me energy does that make sense yeah so i can't do that all the time i can't do that the majority of any given day i can't do that over a full weekend without reaping negative benefits, negative impacts. Like, I, like if I spend an entire weekend palling around with a bunch of people in Austin, just doing a bunch of shit, you know, being very extrovert, if you will, I show up Monday and I'm not charged up. Like, I'm just, I spend Monday getting charged up. And that's the Monday at work where I try to limit my interaction with people, trying to, trying to plan that day out perfectly to get it done, which is hindering my future career success. Whereas when I show up ready to go, you know, that's when I exercise my best leadership. That's when I have my most emotional intelligence. That's when I can deal with the, the, the need for flexibility with my workspace. But if I don't you know, have that interaction every couple of days or kind of on a regular basis with friends, I mean, I, I do feel lonely. I do feel like I'm just you know, not a friendly person. Like, I, like I'm not kind of exercising those friendships. So I do need that, and I do enjoy that, and those moments do bring me joy, but that's definitely the fifth bucket, if you will. So on a typical day now, are you with somebody or without somebody? If I could describe what I what I think would be my perfect day. No, no, a typical day. Right? A typical day, no. no. You're, you're not with somebody? No. Okay, but on a perfect day, you're probably one-on-one time hanging Hopefully, out. Hopefully, like getting a coffee with someone in the morning or maybe meeting someone for lunch or hanging out with someone. You know, just in small increments, but regularly touching base with people that I do want to spend time with. And that's not something I do well, but when I do, I do feel good about it. It does bring me joy. Yeah, so that that was like the nail in the coffin because I, I, I felt like I predicted what you were going to say. And um, this kind of goes into the recap of the buckets. Like the ones that you've heard before, I typically have like a recap of what I understand the buckets to be. You tell me if I'm right or wrong, and then you give me feedback on the past hour and 12 minutes. So um, the first bucket was, you know, you, the first bucket is you, you will choose to have a business over a career. And this is mainly because you want to be your own boss. Um, seek guidance by choice and not by requirement and be able to make decisions and have the responsibility fall on you um, because you believe that you can, you're up to the challenge and you find joy in that. Then there is um, the adventures and the traveling that you choose to do because it, 
it, it puts you in a scenario that you may not always be comfortable with and you like that. You thrive on the risk and the potential threats and how you can adapt to it, but also experience everything that life has to offer, which everybody should have this freaking bucket. And then the, the third one was working out, and that is, you know, lifting really heavy shit uh, versus me who just wants to run forever. But you do that because you want to physically and mentally challenge yourself and constantly grow from those sessions. Then there was the, the fourth bucket, which was um, time with your wife, which I'm glad that is definitely my favorite bucket, right? Because I like you too. And then you had a fifth bucket, which was kind of interacting with people. And I, I, I told you to get rid of that one. But I'm glad we talked about that one because it kind of brings everything back together. And so in summary, like this is what I see. I see that there's all these buckets of all the things that you want to do in your perfect 24 hours. And they are vastly opposite of what you do in your typical day. So in your first bucket, you want to build a business, but you're working a career for someone else. In the second bucket, you want to travel um, alone, but you can't really do as much of it because you're working. You do have your adventures with your dad and, and you do some of it, but I think if you had perfect days, you would, you would be definitely doing a lot more of it. But I think the, the key word here was you find joy in the adventures solo. And then working out, you find joy in working out solo, even though we gave you the opportunity to bring me back in. And then there was the time with the wife. And here's where the opposite came in. The time with your wife was being the independent Jacob versus the typical day, which is the dependent Jacob. And the independent Jacob is a result of the perfect 24 hours. That was kind of like another, like, this is opposite of what's actually happening today. And then the last one was interacting with people. And you, you would love to interact with people in a very close-knitted relationship. But again, it takes energy from you, and that's why that's not in your typical day. Because in your typical day, if it takes energy away from you, you can't be efficient at work. That's, that's the theme that I see here is every, every single bucket was opposite. This might be the first time anyone's really... The second one, my brother, my brother was very similar to this. But this might be the first time anyone's ever said every single bucket was different than, than the typical day. Am I right or am I wrong? You hit a lot. I mean, high five. Uh, you hit a lot of those very, very well. If I exercise those first three buckets, this is the part that you nailed, is independent Jacob is charged, is well put together, is interesting, has things going on for him. He's independent. He's That time with his wife is way more valuable for both of them. Independent Jacob is also more intriguing and a better friend and has a lot more going on and has things to, to give to friendships. Mm -hmm. versus just taking from friendships. Mm. I find myself, what value am I offering other people? I find myself constantly questioning that. I feel like I'm constantly taking what people, what my friends and family give me and I'm not really offering much back. Mm. I'm constantly being selfish about number one and I'm constantly being selfish about number two and I'm constantly being selfish about number three which leads me to be selfish about this one. Like, what am I giving back to other people? Mm -hmm. and that's not something that I'm doing enough of. And it's because I'm not, I'm not charging myself up with those first three buckets the way I should. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously the point of this conversation wasn't to point all this out, right? It's just something that kind of revealed itself. The next question is like, were you aware of it? If you weren't aware of it, are there steps to take that you want to do with this conversation? I'm very aware of all of those five. I don't think I've ever talked about all of those five at the same time. I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of all of those. I, I haven't necessarily laid them out to see how they're interconnected. I think I have a little more clarity about how they're interconnected now. I feel like I have next steps for, 
I know what to do for all of them. You pull me out and talk to me at 10,000 feet, I know what to do for all five of those. But it's like day to day when I wake up, what do I do? And is what I'm doing actually helping those five? Mm-hmm. And I don't think it is. Most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's going through the motions. And that's not helping me with any of those five, in particular those top three. So I'm glad you said that because someone said the same thing to me um, in a different way. They said, you know, Roger, why are you so set on quitting? Like, why does it have to be this or that? And I said exactly what you said. I know exactly what I need to do, but I don't because I am going through the motions of the day. To pay the bills, I'm lazy, whatever the reasons are, I don't. And so it takes a radical decision for me to sink or swim and not give myself the opportunity to be lazy or make excuses. So I'm just using my perspective as, 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 a, as a way to kind of give you any sorts of clarity as to what the steps are. Because I don't know what the steps are, I just know that I'm taking a really big one, and that really big one kind of carries a lot with me to satisfy the That'll buckets. limit your choices. Should I do this or should I do that? Well, I'm doing this one because it's been productive for that. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the recap. Did fairly well. Uh, feedback past hour and nineteen minutes. You did a great job summarizing, and I mean clearly you were listening. To that. You know I can't. I, I can kind of see how you're jotting down notes, but I can't see what you're writing down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it whatever it is, it's working for you. I mean, um, and your insight into what I was actually saying, or just the words I was saying, was there. So yeah, man, I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> well, thank thank you for that. So I like to ask this question. So you've heard these audio files before, these conversations before. Does it feel any different being in this seat versus listening from the outside? I actually haven't listened to any of yours. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, because the first phone call we had, I was on my couch and I didn't feel, original at the beginning of our session, I felt a little pressure from this. I don't feel it now, but uh, it is different. Do you have an expectation coming in versus leaving? No. Okay. I mean, I, but I, I, I know what your goal is more so than I, I think some of your other interviewers, interviewees mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I gave you honesty. I gave you, I gave you answer. You know, my answers to your questions. Yeah. Um, that was a genuine interview. So for you to be able to, I was always going to give that to you. But for you to be able to exercise that in, in such a way was was good. Very impressive. Well, that's good. I mean, I've never heard you use the word impressive, so appreciate that. Um, yeah so that's that's, thank you this concludes the conversation that I had with Jacob and rather than talk about all the buckets that he mentioned I want to emphasize something that was really important something that I gathered for myself from this conversation and what that was was if you are living a life where you are constantly thinking about the exact opposite When someone asks you what your perfect day looks like, and your perfect day looks like everything that is not in your typical day, you have to make a change. I have to make a change. And and so I did. Once I started to see that my work day, everything that I was doing in those 10 hours, had nothing to do with my four buckets, I made a change. I'm not encouraging you all to quit. I'm not encouraging you all to start a business. What I am encouraging you all is to pursue what you love to do and what truly makes you happy and once you know that it all it takes is to make conservative effort towards those things and i am firmly a believer of that and i i hope you all are too so with that i want to thank jacob for interviewing with me and adding himself to this archive of wisdom 
I can always come back and relearn from them the most important things in life. These were lessons that I, I can't necessarily find in a book. I hope you learned as much as I did from this conversation, and you continue to come back for more. Thanks again. Bye-bye.